Hi, this is Lee Merriweather, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Let's go to uh, Quinn Martin. One of his uh, TV detectives has a milestone birthday. March, the end of the series was March 3rd, 1976. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It was the final episode. It was the final episode, March 3rd, 1976. Uh, and that was the end of uh, Canon, a, a Quinn Martin show. One of the last single lead shows yeah. on network television. One of the last single lead shows. How many did Quinn Martin have at that particular time? Because uh, Well, Canon premiered in 71, so he had, he had the FBI. Uh-huh. He had Banyan with Robert Forster, which, which went 13 and out. Within a year, he had Streets of San Francisco. At, at his height, I think Martin had like four or five shows on network television. Hmm. So, and uh, altogether, a lot more. And then there was QM Productions, and then later, were they the same company, or were they did they do a different name? No, it was always like Fugitive was QM Productions. Well, it was, but it, it was always Quinn Martin. Okay. I mean, sometimes it would say a Quinn Martin production. Sometimes it would be a QM production. But the name of the company was Quinn Martin Productions. So it was it was not like a, a retooling no, of the, a the retooling. brand or, no. or okay. No, no, the brand was always the same. You know, I mean, Quinn Martin was one of those producers we've talked about before. Some some producers always seem to know what he had a pulse on what the public liked, mm-hmm. and he knew how to give it to them, or he he knew how to deliver it. So we had we had the fugitive, twelve o'clock high, the FBI, the invaders, streets of San Francisco, Cannon, Barnaby Jones. Cannon was part also not only the the single lead show, but there seemed to be his uniqueness was that he was fat. well well uh, well but, and, and this is this this is the genius of Quinn Martin. He not only understood what the public wanted, but this is. Seventy-one. This is the time when you know, police shows and private detective shows were at their height. You know, one 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 of the peak times for the private eye police genre. It was also a time when you would you would have old detectives, young detectives, urban detectives. Martin's thinking is why not an overweight detective? And the thinking was you if depending on how you craft the character, uh, if you if you pit him against villains who made fun of his girth, that automatically made the, the audience root for Canada. Yeah. So, which was, it seems so simple, and yet it's brilliant at the same time. Could it be done today? I don't think it would be done, I, I don't think it would be done straight today. I think it would be played for laughs. You know, you'd have, you'd have the Judd, um, not the Judd, who does all the stoner movies. Not not well, like a Seth Rogen. Well, or Seth, Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow. It would, it would, it, would, it, okay. would, it would be done. It would be done for laughs, which is not necessarily. It would, that that would seem to be the only way it would be done. But um, you didn't have a lot of running in canon because no. that would not. That would not better. be funny. That would not no. be funny. But they compensated by you had you not only had the huge. Lincoln Continental, which was like a co-star. Mm-hmm. It was the only co-star on the show, but he used it as a weapon. Um, Cannon was as good a driver as James Garner on the Rockford Files, and Cannon would use 
the front door. I mean, he, he would he would use the doors as a weapon. You know, uh, if if someone was leaning in toward him, you know, when when they weren't looking, he would open the door on them, and that would disarm the gun. And then he would he would use the karate chop. You know, he did. He, he Cannon, as I recall, was a marshal. I mean, did know did know how to handle yeah, he was, he was a detective with the LAPD before yeah. he retired but no yeah. but he knew how to he, he, oh. he was expert in the martial arts and yeah. so that was one i mean not that not that he did a lot of bruce lee kind of stuff but he would know how to do enough moves to disarm the bad guy and he could use his abdomen as listed if here he, as a weapon if he had to which i guess to. is part of his training you yeah. use what you have the <laughs> interesting thing in the in the early going cannon was not as big as he was purported to be I mean, he was overweight, but he was not huge. And so there was some, you know, but uh, as as the show moved on, I mean, Cannon got bigger. But uh, he, he was he, working. He was working. <laughs> <laughs> the character Cannon also had, uh, it's written in that he had, uh, Frank Cannon had expensive tastes with food and cars. Yes, yes. I mean, he was uh, he was sort of a, a the, the in the first Thirteen episodes, um, and again, this goes back to it takes a while for a show to find its footing. The early writers they had him eating all the time. They had him eating candy bars, and they had him eating candy cane and stuff like that. When Harold Gast took over after about thirteen episodes, he he did away with all that kind of stuff. And yes, he brought in the fact that Cannon was a gourmet cook, but he never had. You never saw Cannon eating. After that, he was always making food for other people because he knew what is and 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 he was he was always trying to you know cut down you know so and which was a little more realistic. Yeah, there, Barnaby Jones actually uh, came out of it was spun off from right Canon. Yes, it was originally supposed Barnaby Jones was supposed to guest star in a Canon. Yeah, as a backdoor pilot. But uh, there was a hole in the Sunday night schedule. And so rather than make Barnaby Jones' appearance as an episode of Canon, they actually went to series, and they had Canon guest star in the very first episode of Barnaby Jones. Clever. And that's how they were that's how they Yeah, but that it's in. Canon's involved in, the, in basically the, the Can- establishing Can- plot. Canon is hired. Canon is, is initially hired to... Um, Oh, Barnaby Jones's son calls Cannon. Yeah, with information on a case, and he's killed. And mm-hmm. so Cannon investigates the crime, and Barnaby Jones ends up investigating it himself and going back into the business. Yeah, because Barnaby was retired; his son had taken over the yeah. business, and the son gets killed. Uh, yeah, the, a, the, the, the other great thing about Cannon was the theme by John Parker, you know, which mm-hmm. was the use of tubas. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> usually tubas denotes you know, wah, 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 wah. Uh-huh. but the tubas was also sort of a character you know the, the, in in part of the underscore of the show. So it's like when Cannon was walking, he was like, wah, 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 wah. yeah. But it was it it did seem at that time you had Longstreet who was the blind detective, yeah. and you had Barnaby who was the old detective, and you had the fat detective, and then you and had the Snoop sisters who were the old lady detectives. Yeah. You don't remember? It was, I it, do. I do. I yeah, don't think I ever hero. saw the show. Yeah. Helen, Helen Hayes and oh, Milton Network. God. Oh, mm-hmm. wish was, I'd seen it. It was part of the mystery movie cycle. Yeah, 
You they had, came in. You had Columbo. You had McMillan and Wife. You had McLeod, and then Snoop Sisters yeah. came in, and and um, then you had uh, McMillan and Wife, Rock Hudson, and yeah. Susan St. James. Yeah. So they were all part of. Then Snoop Sisters came in later. Yeah. They were added to the wheel. Yeah, they were part of the second wheel along with uh, James McEachin as Tenafly, the African, the first African American private eye. And that was, we're talking mid-70s. 72. 72. Okay, yeah. so even earlier. But Canon was, as, as you say, it it came on at the time when private eyes were dominating television, but every in order for each show to stand out, you had to, there had to be a gimmick. So, you know, you had ba- Banyan Robert Forster was a retro detective, Long, Longstreet, who was blind and so forth. So Yeah, so that was the gimmick, but... He also had a cool car and with a phone in it. With, that's right, he was. Yeah. He, he had a, he he uh, that was something that was a that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Yeah, that was, I mean, I'm sure he sold a lot of Lincoln Continentals. Yeah. <laughs> so he yeah he started with um, it was an ice blue '72 Lincoln Continental Mark IV during the series run, and then uh, yeah, and then he also had a '71 and. Uh, a Mark III, and then a 76 Mark IV uh, in various color schemes. So, yeah, so the, the Lincoln was, yeah, his... I think he could get in a Lincoln, but... Uh, well, I, what, what I remember... He was not going to be driving an import. No, uh, no, he was not, no. But what, what, I, what I remember was in the 80s, after the success of, I mean, Canon, Canon, as you said, it, it ran seventy-one to seventy-six. It ran in syndication for a while, and then in the late eighties, when Jake and the Fat Man was on network television, a number of stations brought Canon out of mothballs and put it in, and ran in syndication. And KOFY in San Francisco, the equivalent of of KDOC down here when KDOC was a retro station. They marketed Canon reruns in the 80s as the Fat Man is back. Ha! Huh. Ah. To take advantage of, to market, to play off Jake and the Fat Man. So. And there was a... Uh, I don't think you could do that today. No. That's a little... No, no. Just thinking that. And, yes. yeah, to, and you were talking about even trying to do... But whatever, whenever you say Canon, that's the, I immediately think of that tagline, that marketing tagline, so... Which probably says more about me than you ever want. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415 886 7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. For more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button.
This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.